Alright all you Streetlight Crusaders and wrestling fans alike out there tonight Welcome back to the Tuesday Night Special And now it's time for us to talk about what happened during the second half of Monday Night Raw From Portland, Oregon And the next thing to take place on Monday Night Raw Would see a rematch for the Tag Team Championships of the Women Variety Where we would see none other than and according to Carl and the Maestro, as we've been interrupted, would see instead a fight taking place backstage. Yeesh. And that fight would be between Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura prior to their main event match. And during that said fight, we would hear Adam Pearce announce that the match between Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke will now be a no disqualification match or a street fight to take place in the main event. But back to the regular chaos we're used to on Monday Night Raw, we would then see Michael Cole at ringside talking to none other than Nia Jax, where Nia Jax would say that she's more focused than she's ever been since her arrival back, and would say, maybe I should break your face, Michael Cole, and would even say that she's making sure that no man or woman can stop her while she makes her way to the Royal Rumble to win it. Ori declaring herself the winner, calling her shot like Babe Ruth, only for one of the people holding the championship belt after her name was mentioned to come out in the form of Rhea Ripley. And Rhea would say that she talks a big game like she's already won, but if you remembered last year, I tossed you out. And would say that you're not, or more or less would say to her that she's not Becky Lynch, she's Rhea Bloody Ripley. And she doesn't, you know, run the division, and the only person who does is her. And you better watch your mouth and keep your name, or my name, out of your mouth. And, yeah... Immediately after that, we would hear Nia Jax saying, oh, you know, you've been dominant in this division, but when I came back, I put you on your ass. And would go further by saying that she's not afraid of, to fight her one-on-one, -on -one, and the only reason you're still champion is that you're afraid to fight me one-on-one. -on -one. And if she wins, or when she wins, she's gonna fight her and see you soon, champ. But at the same time, I'm wondering, you know, she really hasn't fought her one-on-one. -on -one, and at the same time, if she does get a one-on-one -on -one title match, how in the world is she going to be able to hit the Riptide on her? And as a matter of fact, according to Carl and the Maestro showing off the footage, it's possible if she hit it to Piper Nivens, she can do it to Nia Jax. <laughs> But besides that B-roll footage, and speaking of Piper Nivens, folks, now we head into our next match of the night, which would see none other than Chelsea Green and Piper Nivens fighting one-on-one -on -one against Carter and Chance for the Women's Tag Team Championships. And during this match, where action would go back and forth, would see a cannonball right to Chance, thanks to Piper for near fall only for Carter to get her revenge by hitting a nasty boot and a springboard Rob Van Dam-like leg drop to Chelsea Green for near fall. 
even seeing an assisted avalanche hurricane rata from the top rope off the shoulders of Carter by chance to Chelsea Green for near fall. For Chelsea to get her revenge by pulling off a rough rider during this match, still for near fall. But ultimately, this match would come to an emphatic end after a little malfunction in the junction to court Mario Ronaldo back when he was an announcer apart of WWE, seeing a Vader bomb pulled off instead of on none other than Carter, instead of Chelsea Green, who, yeah, directed the move to happen, but it didn't go the way she hoped. Then what would happen next really wouldn't go our way because then we would see Carter pulling off a nasty cold breaker from up top to Piper Nivens to take her out. Then pulling off the keg stand to none other than Chelsea Green for the team of Carter and Chance to retain the women's tag team championships via pinfall. And Chelsea would say on Twitter prior to this match as if they don't win, they're leaving. Well, uh, yeah, you know, I would start singing na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye, but no, 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 we're better than that, we really are. Well, besides that terrible loss for Chelsea Green for the Tag Team Championships that she's going to probably complain to Nick Aldis about, we make our way on over to a tape delivered by R-Truth, talking about that the day he was born, he wanted to be a part of the Judgment Day and would be a part of the Judgment Day, and actually would show baby footage of the Judgment Day, which for some strange reason reminded me of the Muppet Babies. And to continue his delusions of grandeur, not only he would show footage of him on a wooden ladder alongside with Damian Priest winning the money in the bank, and would even show himself on the outside of the ring during the Women's World Rumble win of Rhea Ripley, and would even bring up the footage of past several weeks of the ups and down trials of the Judgment Day, and would even talk about Tom and Nick Mysterio. Tom and Nick Mysterio. You know what? Before I get a headache, we're just going to move on because then we would hear him say that the Judgment Day if you is here and if you need a shoulder or coat to cry on or somebody to talk to, you always got to remember to live, laugh, and love. <laughs> Absolute masterpiece by our truth And after the match, or after that was over, that Michael Cole was laughing about. We were here, Damian Priest saying, you know what? You know, he, 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 say what you will. The production value was pretty good on that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and I would have to admit it as well. But then we would hear Finn Balor talking about DIY, saying that they're going to need MRIs and the EMTs after he's done with them. And Rhea Ripley said that she'll handle Nia Jax. And Damian Priest would also get into the mix and say, He'll handle our truth when the time is right. And JD McDonald, who would have a match with the Miz next, would say, Miz is not gonna know what hit him. And I highlighted those words after he said it because during this match, folks, did he realize what was gonna hit him? Oh no, no, he didn't, because we would see the PR man of the Judgment Day, our <laughs> truth coming out at ringside for the fans to cheer him and the boo Dominic Mysterio when he was at ringside. 
but during this match, JD McDonald would not only hit a slingshot corkscrew splash, reminding me of the fallen angel Christopher Daniels for near fall, even would hit an enziguri and a float over suplex, still for near fall. Only for the men's to come back during this match with a figure four leg lock that would lead to a near fall, but JD would make his way to the robes. And while trying to talk to Dominic Mysterio on the outside of the ring, R-Truth, and Michael Cole's opinion, or should I say Wade Barrett's opinion, would get involved into the mix and would try to help out JD and Dominic Mysterio, only for JD and Dom to get hit in the mouth with a boot by The Miz, only for The Miz to get JD back into the ring, hit him on a skull crushing finale, and for JD McDonald to lose this match in spectacular fashion via pinfall. Or according to Carl and the Maestro, awesome fashion. Ah, funny. Real funny. <laughs> and immediately after that, folks, we would hear from the world heavyweight champion himself, Seth Metal Seth Rollins, who would say that after the Rumble, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Well, technically, once the Rumble starts, it is the road to WrestleMania. And if we're going by, I do believe, SmackDown vs. Raw 2010, the road towards the Royal Rumble counts as the road to WrestleMania. But, hey, I don't know much. <laughs> but then would say that, you know, one thing he wasn't able to do at WrestleMania was bring the world title and defend it on the grandest stage of them all. But that changes this year because this is the year of Seth freaking Rollins. And would also say that there's a lot of hungry people in the back who wants a shot at the championship. And to prove that he's a workhorse, he's going to defend it against someone who's looking to be a part of that. Only for Jinder Mahal to come out looking for some form of respect after getting, as he would say, uh, according to Seth Rollins, cooked last week by The Rock. And, you know, I think that's what he was cooking last week. What he was wondering if people could smell it but outside of that folks he would say that he was more revolutionary in five minutes than Seth Rollins has been in his entire career and would say that he instills no change no value those childish temper tantrums backstage and when the show goes off the air he does that and overlooks Jinder Mahal and then would say that he beat Randy Orton, even though he did it with the help of the Singh brothers, but then would say that this disrespect will not be tolerated no more, and would say that he has his attention, Seth Rollins, for the first time in a long time, and says that everybody was overlooking you because we've been trying so hard for years, but after you got... Put, your balls got put in a vice by The Rock last week. It made it hard for people to ignore you. Only for him to say that, you know what? You got my respect for that, but for interrupting my party, yeah. No respect for you. And would say that, you know what, Jinder? Why don't you go take a swing? Take a swing. Exactly. Just like I thought. For Jinder Mahal to immediately try to swing at him from behind, then would try to hit him with a coloss after a back and forth fight for Seth Rollins to fight back, try to hit him with a stomp, and for General Hall to leave out of the ring and to get a title shot next week. Yeah, all right, 
Now, the reason why I find this match poetic, and I was gonna wait next week to say it, but for those who don't know at home, the first inaugural winner of the NXT Championship, Seth Rollins, beat Jinder Mahal for that championship. Now you're seeing Jinder Mahal fighting Seth Rollins for this championship. Will history repeat itself? We'll find out next week. But before we head into next week, folks, we go into our big meaty man slapping meat match, which would see none other than Ivar going one-on-one against Otis. And during this big giant oversized hoss fight that saw elbows and sentons aplenty, would even see Ivar springboarding into the air, getting caught by Otis into a world's strongest slam for a near fall that made Wade Barrett's voice go up by a couple of octaves. <laughs> then we would even see a Liger bomb by Ivar for a near fall. Even the Caterpillar couldn't end this match, still led to a near fall. But ultimately, this match would come to an emphatic end thanks to a spinning heel kick and a doom salt that I got a feeling Bam Bam Bigelow would give a thumbs up for, as well as Vader, for Ivar to win this match via pinfall. But after the match was over, we would see Akira Tozawa getting in the face of Ivar for him to get pushed down into the ground and for Ivar to prove how big of a man he really is. And by the way, it was Akira Tozawa was the reason why this match started in the first place because Ivar wanted to fight him after he was still standing from last week's beating and still stands to this day. Good for you, Akira Tozawa. Good for you. And with that said, folks, we now make our way into our main event of the evening which would see none other than Shinsuke Nakamura going one-on-one -on -one against Cody Rhodes. And during this match, which would see not only brooms and kendo sticks being used by Shinsuke Nakamura, would then see none other than Shinsuke Nakamura pulling off the knee shot out of the corner directly to Cody Rhodes after that kendo broom abuse for near fall. For Cody Rhodes to come back with a beautiful disaster kick, wish you would call it that, but you know, they abbreviated to the disaster kick for a near fall. For Cody Rhodes to suffer the wrath of nunchucks thanks to him trying to please the fans with tables. But unfortunately, Shinsuke Nakamura would get hit in the breadbasket taking too long to strike, would try to strike Cody with the miss only to hit the timekeeper Berkeley in the face. And for Shinsuke Nakamura after Cody Rhodes would try to call for help for him, to actually hit Cody in the back with a steel chair and then repeatedly hit him in the ring as well too. And ultimately, this match would see table action with Shinsuke Nakamura doing double knees to the gut of Cody Rhodes through the table for near fall. But ultimately, this match would come to an emphatic end after we would see Shinsuke Nakamura's Kinshasa get encountered through the table, leading directly into the crossroads for this to be over, finally, until the Royal Rumble match, for Cody Rhodes to win this contest via pinfall. And after the match was over, Cody Rhodes would celebrate his victory with the Portland fans screaming, Whoa! 
and for Cody Rhodes to refocus his said energy, reminding me of Bugs Bunny and those Martian the Marvin cartoons or Marvin the Martian cartoons, where he would redispose of the monster and exit our heroes to the front door or stage left. <laughs> but what will happen next week? Will Jinder Mahal become world champion? Will we see a new contender for the tag team champions of the women's variety? And will DIY live up to their New Year's resolution or fail miserably like most people do heading into the new year within the next three weeks? We find out right now or next week for another exciting edition of Monday Night Raw. And I guess with that said, folks, we might as well head back to that music once again as we go grab a glass of water. And when we return, we'll be back with more Streetlight Delight as the Tuesday Night Special rolls on right after this. So don't go anywhere just yet, folks, and stay tuned. 